Buckeyes are going to roll. I love the over and points are going to be scored. Last week, I went six of eight units, made a boatload of money. Clemson's going to put up 55 points by themselves. He's not the coach to get Penn State over the hump. I'm going to throw some major money on this bet. I'm taking the over. Looking at where the models and the lines are running, at least two scores difference. And then my staked in the boom lock of the week. This is the two-unit play. If you're going to bet with me, it's got to be good. Mickey, Scotty, you ready to go make our listeners some money? Good evening, listeners, and welcome to Sports Bets Fun. Friday night, December 18th, and we're recording the show live. This podcast will drop later tonight on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, as our name suggests, we talk sports, we make some bets, and we have some fun doing it all. In addition to our podcast, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Sports Bets Fun. And check out our website, sportsbetsfun.com. we got a lot of uh, content going up there, providing a fresh take on sports and sports betting. I'm Maddie Money. Joining me, as always, are my partners in crime, our co-hosts, Mickey San Reno and Scotty B. Good. Uh, we have uh, some action going on tonight, Conference USA and the MAC Championship Games. Uh, Scotty, how are we looking in those? Yeah, we released a couple picks earlier today uh, for all of our followers, and um, – we're looking good on right now. You know, Marshall, man, I don't know what Marshall was doing today. Um, they just they didn't look good at all as they did a couple weeks ago when they lost their first game of the season. Um, so they didn't cover the spread like they thought they would. So that was a unexpected loss on the day. Um, Buffalo's looking good right now. You know, we all like the over on that game. Um, we just need a field goal, guys. We need one field goal, and we're going to hit that over. Um, and, you know, we were just talking about it, guys. Like, what is Ball State doing going? Like, they're going for it on fourth and two, and they should have just kicked the field goal already. So, still got my fingers crossed on that one. So, that's where we're at right now, my man. Yeah, there's uh, – I've got the screen pulled up here. There's a minute 21 left. Ball State's up 10. Uh, a little bit of garbage time. Hopefully, a touchdown in garbage time or, or field goal. Get some points to, to hit that over there. Um, Mickey. Mickey, you keeping an eye on this Pac-12 game? Yeah, Pac-12 game's looking good. I got Oregon uh, with the points at three and a half. They're currently up 11 in the fourth, or late in the or middle of the second half, uh, end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter. USC just kicked the field goal, recovered an onside kick. So uh, things could be getting a little hairy there, but I'm liking what I'm seeing. It's a good start to the championship game picks. Uh, but, Maddie, I'm going to kick it back to you. I see you've been dabbling with the basketball picks. Uh, on Twitter. Let's talk about that. Yeah, well, you know, uh, and we'll get to Scotty here because Scotty's, uh, Scotty's uh, Mr. B-Ball and, and the run that he's been having. But, uh, yeah, I had a pretty good day today. Went 2-1. Uh, and one. BYU hit for me and Drake hit for me. Uh, BMI, I lost that one. But I'll take a 2-1 and one day in, in college basketball. Uh, but let's talk to the man, the myth, the legend when it comes to NCAA basketball pick. And this is Scotty B. Good. So, Scotty. Tell the folks about the run you're having and some of the picks you had today. Yeah, thanks, Mr. Money. Hey, two and one's not bad, but it's not quite as good as me on the day. Um, three and zero oh on the day. Um, you know, just uh, just a quick update on them. Um, today, I had the balls. Um, hey, by the way, the balls guys—they are plus four hundred to reach the final four. That's incredible. Hey, what did I say two weeks ago? I said the balls are going to make the final four. Talked about the players. Talked about their depth. Their, head coach Rick Barnes they're going to make the final four 
they're my pick to win the national championship. They're the best team in college basketball. Just go ahead and book that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll finish here. Now. Let me finish. But uh, yeah, so today I bet on the balls. They uh, we had them at minus twenty eight and a half, um, and they won by fifty four. Also held Belmont at minus seven, who won by twenty two. And Drake at minus seven, who won by 18. These bets were too easy, guys. These bets were too easy, okay? And I want to give you, I want to give you a little insight to my to my betting history so far this season in college basketball. This is all bets included, okay? I'm 27 and 8. 27 and 8 so far this college basketball season. And guys, these this doesn't include like the ones that I released, the win percentage is even higher. And I released those on sportsbetfund.com. I released them on our like we talked about them on the podcast and you can follow me at Scotty Betts on Twitter. That's why I'm releasing these ones that even have even higher win percentage, okay? So here's the bottom line for you guys. If I'm going to tell you to bet on a college b-ball game, it's got to be good, okay? <laughs> tell me every single time. Let's go. <laughs> Scotty, I love it. You've been successful. You're also probably the most humble of the handicappers that we have here talking about your big wins. Uh, you know, I want to give you guys shout outs five and one today. Scotty, you're three and oh, Maddie, two and one. Uh, our buddy Mad Max, he got in on the action today, too. Uh, he had the Belmont pick. I saw that he was tailing Scotty, you and Charlie Cash. So that's a winner, too. So welcoming Mad Max to the family uh, as well. But uh, hey, we can talk about Scotty's basketball success all day. And I'm sure Scotty, you know, he's humble. He probably doesn't yeah. want to. He probably wants that spotlight, you know, on us talking about our picks and everything else. So, uh, you know, we got a good show on tap. We're going to be going through, whipping through the round table like we've been doing the past few weeks. We're going to be breaking down this championship weekend. We're going to be breaking down the games of interest. And of course, the reason you're all listening the money-making picks will be coming at you. So, Maddie, I'm going to kick it to you. Let's get this roundtable going. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. Well, yeah, last week we did a, a roundtable segment, and that worked out pretty well. So we figured we, we would do it again. And we're just each – we each kind of took our, our time and decided on a, a topic that we wanted to bring to the table We'll throw it out there and uh, let the, the crew kind of chime in a little bit. We'll banner back and forth. So, Scotty, uh, why don't you kick us off with this? Yeah, guys. I uh, And this is a conversation that me and uh, C. Cash have been having this week. I've been thinking about a lot, really, this season. Um, and, you know, I, guys, I'm, I'm just kind of tired of the lack of parity in college football. Uh, and, and I'm interested to hear your guys' ideas on, on or suggestions on how the NCAA can help fix this, right? I'm tired of seeing Clemson and Bama play for the national championship, you know, and I don't see this changing anytime soon. And I truly feel that the, the gap seems to be bigger than ever. And guys, I don't see it changing unless there's some sort of pivot in the way teams can recruit, um, et cetera. I, you know, I, I don't have the answer. I've got some ideas I'm going to throw out there and get your thoughts on it. Um, but here's one idea. What if we had a reduction in scholarships? Okay. You're going to allow other teams to grab some of these top tier players. Maybe we knock it down to 70 scholarships, okay? The last thing I want to do is keep young kids from getting a scholarship and attend college, but it all for me. You guys hear me talk about SEC and revenue, right? But if 
some of these other teams were to get some of these players, they can better their programs, ultimately increase their revenue drastically. And then from there, you know, they're going to figure out another way to offer scholarships. So we're not going to keep kids from getting these scholarships. It just wouldn't be an athletic scholarship. Right. So there, there's one idea. And then uh, more really go outside the box here. Okay, guys, maybe you limit the number of stars or, you know, your player rankings of some sort that a team can have. Example, you, let's, let's say a team can get a total of 80 stars, okay? Each player has a star ranking associated, and once you hit that allotment, your class is full, okay? And to me, that's, that's kind of exciting, right? You're going to make these recruiters, you're going to make the coaches, you're going to make them earn their money when they're trying to decide who and who not to offer a scholarship. Um, but I just, man, like I said, the gap seems to just getting become bigger and bigger every season with these top-tier teams, and these other teams can't compete with them. So let me know what you think. Yeah, you got interesting points there, Scotty. It's something I've thought about a lot, too. And there's two things on the horizon that I believe will change the collection of top-tier talent that seems to be being hoarded at Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia. Maybe on the West Coast, uh, a team or two could rise up. But there, there's two things that I point to. One, the NCAA and the, the player likeness, the ability for players to make money based on their likeness. To me, that's something that if you're the 15th or 16th or 17th recruit at Alabama, you might not be able to cash in on your likeness the same way as if you go to Tennessee or Arkansas. So that might free up some of these talented four-star players that are buried in some of these classes to, to be the big fish in the smaller pond at an SEC or a Big Ten or a Big 12 school. Uh, the other thing I look at is the expansion of playoffs. If you go to 8, 12, 16 teams, a topic we talked about a couple of weeks ago, you expand the playoffs. You now have more teams that can compete for the national championship every year. I saw something the other day in the early signing period. The top five teams or top six teams uh, in the early signing period rankings are the only teams who have ever won a game in the college football playoffs. So if you put more teams in the playoff, more teams have a path to a championship – that might be something that brings interest and awareness to kids to go to other schools. Yeah. And to chime in on this, uh, Urban Meyer was talking about this on Fox's pregame show last week, how the rich have gotten richer. And, and really they pointed to uh, in the playoffs since, since college football went to the, the four team playoff format, Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, and Ohio State have accounted for 70% of the spots in the playoffs. That's pretty ridiculous. And what they were getting at, and, and Mickey, this is what, what you just noted, is if you expand the playoffs, you know, well, right now, if you're, if you're a top recruit and you want to go play for a national championship, you're looking at, do I go to Alabama? Do I go to Clemson? Maybe Ohio State, maybe in Oklahoma, maybe a Georgia, right? There's, there's just a handful of teams that if you truly want to have a legitimate shot at getting in, but as Mickey was just saying, if you expand that playoffs to eight teams, 10 teams, 12 teams, whatever that number is, now you have more more schools that have a chance to get in. If if all the Power 5 conference champions get in, then you can go to a Pac-12 school, and you know that if, if you're the best team in that conference, you're going to have a shot and make the playoffs. So I think for the kids coming out of high school that are looking for that competitiveness and, and try to play on a, with a program that's going to have a shot at the national title. You want to expand the, the, the right now it's all about getting in the playoffs. So you want to expand the pool of teams that get in the playoffs. 
And Mickey, you were talking about the player likeness, and I'll take this a step further. Pay the players. Pay the players. I don't know if there's some some limits on this or, or, or how it's get regulated, but there's a lot of schools that have some big-time donors. I think the Power 5 schools should break off from the rest of what we know as Division One football or the FBS or whatever they call it these days. And – Pay the players, uh, allow them to you know make make money on the likeness. I thought Mickey had a great point. If you're going to be the 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 15th best person on Alabama, and you can be the the star player, the marquee player at Tennessee or or Mississippi State or Missouri or or Kansas, and you can go sell a bunch of jerseys and you can make a little bit of money. Hey, maybe you choose to go do that because then it becomes a little bit more of a business decision. But take it a step further. Pay the players maybe even a little bit beyond just the, the likeness. And you, you'll have boosters and alumni that can help maybe fund some of that. And then there may be some opportunity there. Uh, so I don't know. I, it's, it's, I agree with you, Scotty. The, the, and this, this was a topic that was being talked about around the football circles that, you know, we, we, we do need to fix it because the same teams are, are getting into the playoffs over and over and over. And the, we talk about titles. It's Alabama and Clemson. You have an Ohio State that's won one here. You have Oklahoma that's made it into a couple. Um, but, yeah, it's the richer getting richer. And that gap we were talking about the we were talking about last week, we were talking about the the mid-tiered teams, the, the mid-conferences, you know, starting to close the gap on the middle of the pack power five teams. But the gap is close or the gap is only growing. Uh, between the teams at the top there, and it's it's unfortunate for the sport. Well, I certainly hope somebody from the NCAA is listening to this podcast, or if anybody that is listening, please share this with the representative. <laughs> you guys sound like you got it figured out. I love it, man. Good work. Well, and speaking of of paying players, uh, you know, Scotty, we were talking, Maddie, we were talking last week about NFL contenders. And then I received an email submission for this week's meal bet mailbag. About value-based NFL future. Yeah, I got a pizza coming. Got a pizza coming. (laughs) Talking about NFL futures bets. Got me thinking. The mouse, it got on the wheel. It's running around up in my head. Gents, let's talk about where we'll put our money on Super Bowl futures and NFL MVP props. So we're looking at Super Bowl, Super Bowl favorite right now, odds on favorite, Kansas City. Their odds, futures odds, 195, plus 195. Green Bay, they're intriguing. Plus 700, Aaron Rodgers having a great year of that defense. Saints, plus 700, Rams, plus 1,000. That's my pick. Bills, plus 1,300. Steelers, plus 1,300. They're they're, they're fake. They're not a real contender. Seahawks, plus 1,400. And... Scotty Betts, Scotty, be good. Tennessee Titans plus twenty seven hundred odds. They can be disruptive. Excellent value if you believe in them. Of those teams, what do you guys think? Who do you think of those teams is a good value bet that you would put on uh, NFL future Super Bowl champion? Scotty, do you want to take this one first? Yeah, well, I do believe in the Titans. Um, and when I saw that, when I was when I was looking through here. Mickey, after you're talking about this earlier today, I went ahead and put a bet, put a unit on the Titans to win the Super Bowl. Um, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm, I'm serious, man. I did when I saw that. When I saw plus twenty seven hundred, I was like, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay that down. And I'm gonna have to disagree with you on the Bills because I think they are a true contender. I think that I think that looking at your list here, these are the top teams in the NFL, no doubt about it. 
Um, you've got four contenders on that list. You got the Titans, you got the Bills, um, you got Green Bay and Kansas City. Listen, I mean, guys, if I'm just going to uh, just being real with you, if I'm going to bet on anybody, it's going to be Kansas City to win it. Um, at those odds, I'm going to put some money on the Titans. Um, but listen, the Titans have Kansas City's number, so if they meet in the you know in the AFC Championship game or wherever that would look like, hey, the Titans can beat the Chiefs. There's no doubt about it. Um, and then I, I think the winner comes out of the AFC. Yeah, you got Buffalo, Kansas City as the two big favorites there. The Steelers have a fat record, but uh, as we learned in the last couple of weeks, they're they're not the team. Tennessee, Scotty, you're onto something. They can be disruptive. Derrick Henry, the man. We'll talk about him in a second. Potential NFL MVP. But they're uh, they're a team that uh, when they get rolling in the playoffs, they could they could uh, they could they did it last year. They could easily do it again this year. And to your point, they got Kansas City's number. If they're, yeah. if they're if they're deep and buckled down, they have not only Derrick Henry, but they got Corey Davis and AJ Brown out wideouts. They're incredible athletes, guys. So it's all about their D and how well they can play. Mickey, I want to know why the Washington football team's not on this list. They, they're going to win the NFC East, roll into the into the playoffs, and who knows what, man. May, they just might find themselves in the Super Bowl. Hey, we want to give people value-based picks that actually have a shot, Matty. We're, we're here to help you win money, not not make this a Washington football team podcast. You, you know what, though? All seriousness, though, I'm looking at this. I'm not sure, sure Kansas City's going to get back to the Super Bowl. They have not looked great the past several weeks their offense is putting up 20 21 points uh the last three or four weeks now they're they're still winning winning football games so you have to give them credit there but they definitely don't look as dominant as they did last year at this time so i don't know i'm looking at you know one of these teams behind them and buffalo is the team that seems to be sticking out to me They, they look like they're playing some really good football so I'm kind of liking that right now at this moment, but it's the NFL. In a couple of weeks, this could all look a lot different. Yeah, I think there's a lot of good odds on those contenders. I've been public on this for a while. The Rams are my pick out of the NFC to make the Super Bowl, so that's where I've put my my futures bet. But I, I think you can't go wrong with the Rams, the Saints, the Chiefs, the Packers, the Bills, or the Tennessee Titans if you're if you're a fan. But the Seahawks and the Steelers, uh, they're teams that look 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 like they got sizzle but they don't and i and i so that's super bowl moving to nfl mvp odds we talked about patrick mahomes odds on favorite negative 190 that's not good value and i'm not sure why he's the favorite having a great year but this is worse than his mvp season he's not having a transcendent year like lamar jackson did last year you got aaron Rodgers at plus 150 this has actually been his best season statistically of his career so that to me is is the value might not be great at 150, but he's looking like he might be the, the winner as of right now. Speak of the Bills, Josh Allen. So when I wrote the mailbag on Wednesday, I did some research and he was plus 3,300 through a, a bet that way, through 100 on that. The odds have changed. He's now plus 2,600. So I'm going to take credit for moving this line. Buffalo keeps winning. He's going to get attention. That This is a good value pick to get on today, especially, Maddie. you talked about the Bills and the AFC. And then we talk about the Tennessee Titans. They go with Derrick Henry. Could a non-QB win? We haven't seen a non-QB win in a while. But the last time a non-quarterback won the NFL MVP was 2012. What happened in 2012? Adrian Peterson got over 2,000 yards. Derrick Henry, 573 yards away. 
from breaking Eric Dickerson's record of 21,005 yards, nearly 200 yards per game the rest of the way. That's going to be a tough task. But if he gets to 2,000, that's a historically significant season. And without a clear-cut QB at the top, it's possible that Derrick Henry is going to sneak in there and, and win the MVP in it. Plus, uh, his odds at plus eight thousand, I believe. I actually didn't write it down in my notes, which is uh, which is a miss on my part. Johnny Dogs is all over this one. This is one that he's been talking about for a couple weeks. Derrick Henry plus six six thousand. That's that's good value with the season he's putting together right now. Guys, give me your thoughts. Yeah, I I, I, I agree with that assessment. If he breaks two thousand, that's such a plateau or a milestone that is going to get a lot of hype and. You know, there really isn't, uh, I guess, a quarterback that's really blowing it up. You know, Russell Wilson started the season really strong, but seems to kind of be fading a, a, lo- a little bit, uh, at least in talk of the MVP. I'm kind of liking Josh Allen, though. You know, the, the Bills seem to be surging at the right time and watch that game uh, against the Steelers the other night. And, I mean, he's slinging it around. And, you know, we'll see how this shakes out. Obviously, someone like a Mahomes or an Aaron Rodgers is going to be in the mix as well, too. But, Scotty, when you're looking at this – do you think do you think Henry's got a legit shot if he cracks two thousand? Um, I do think he has a legit shot, um, and he could potentially crack that two thousand mark. Uh, and I think the biggest point is like you guys were saying, uh, looking at these quarterbacks. I feel like you know they're all good quarterbacks, right? They're all great quarterbacks, um, and but that's kind of where the problem lies, as you were saying. Um, I, they're all kind of, they're all lumped in together, you know, Rodgers, Mahomes, Allen, uh, Russell Wilson, um, so. Yeah, I mean, if, if Henry could really make a statement in these last couple of games, right, really catch everybody's attention, who knows, man, maybe he pulls it off. Hey, you got a, some, some change in the couch cushion. You go ahead and throw a futures bet on Derrick Henry plus 6,000. That's amazing value. And, and as we talked about, he's got a case, guys. So if you're listening, Josh Allen, Derrick Henry, those are, those are two great NFL MVP prop bets that you should look at. Aaron Rodgers – not the best odds, plus 195, but, you know, that might not be a bad ROI, too, if you throw a couple bucks on it, make, uh, make nearly – make uh, a decent, decent winnings there. So enough, enough talk. It's college championship weekend. We had a, a couple games today, three games today. We talked about our bets earlier on sportsbetsfun.com and on the Twitter as well. Maddie, I'm going to kick it back to you because I know you want to break it down the rest of the games that are happening championship weekend tomorrow, college football, what do you got? Yeah. Yeah. And, and before we jump into that, you know, I, I think uh, we've had some exciting topics here already. I love chatting about the NFL. We've done that the last few weeks and there'll definitely be, be more of that to come. And, you know, I think this will be the probably the last week we really talk about the, the, the college football playoff and, and the whole landscape in general. Uh, well, we'll have the playoff to talk about as that comes up, but with the conference championship games winding down, but, you know, normally we, we, we have games of interest and we're going to talk championship weekend. We're kind of merging all that together. Uh, we have uh, we're going to take a look at the Power Five conference championship games, the Oregon USC game in the Pac, Pac-12 championship that's going on right now. Any updates on that one for our listeners? Yeah, 31-17 Oregon, 9:54 left in the fourth quarter. USC's got the ball uh, midfield. Well, second and three run play up the middle. It's going to be third and short. But Oregon looking good right now. Uh, if you got Oregon getting the points at three and a half, you're enjoying what you're seeing. Yeah, and that's that's interesting because I think, you know, a lot of the talk coming in is, you know, the, the, the Pac-12, Scotty, 
sort of their commissioner made a, a, a somewhat weak limp effort to try to get USC into the mix with the other undefeated teams, but they're not going to hold up their end of the bargain by, by winning out and finishing the regular season undefeated. So if this, if this holds serve, we're going to see Oregon representing the PAC 12 in the, in the new year's six um, bowl games. But what do you think this does for the PAC 12 in general? You know, they were sort of kind of forgotten about, they started their season a lot later and now they don't even have, you know, USC's number 13. I don't even think Oregon's ranked right now. So they really don't have a marquee program and are they falling behind the other conferences? Yeah, I think they have. My opinion, I don't take them. I don't take them serious. You know, I don't. I don't take really any of those teams out of there um, serious. And look, here, here's a question, guys. What, what if USC would have started the season ranked preseason number four? Well, let me tell you about that, Scotty. There's a reason they didn't start preseason number four. They weren't in the playoffs last year, and went toe to toe with a team like uh, Clemson and they didn't have a, (laughs) they didn't have a boatload of talent coming back. I saw this USC, I believe has the worst ranked recruiting class in the PAC 12. Someone's gonna have to uh, fact check me on that. I I saw that on Twitter, you know, maybe an hour before we were getting ready to do our show. They were talking about Clay Helton for sure being on the hot seat, even though they were going into the PAC 12 championship game. Now, that's surprising because USC is a marquee college football program. If you look historically, they are arguably – they're definitely in the top five. And, and you can make a strong case they're one, two, or three. Uh, not, not right now, obviously, but the fact that – and that's, that's got to give you some hope that they get back up there. You know, They just got to get the right person up top that program and, and bring the recruits in. But – yeah, it's it's definitely looking looking tough for the Pac-12 these days, and they would be a, a conference that would definitely benefit from an expanded playoff. Uh, but that game's going to close out. We'll keep an eye on that, and if anything uh, changes on that, Mickey, we'll have you have you jump in and update our listeners. Uh, but let's shift gears here to the big one tomorrow, noon kickoff, uh, the one that Scotty is itching to see. Uh, number four, Ohio State versus number fourteen, Northwestern. Scotty's team, Ohio State, right? <laughs> this line, uh, I believe, opened. I think it was uh, the Bucks were giving up 20 and a half, but I believe it's down to 18 and a half. Uh, total points is around 57. There was some buzz yesterday going on Twitter, a lot of rumors about the Buckeyes potentially having a, a star player, possibly a wide receiver. People were speculating maybe Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave. One of those players potentially having to sit out because of COVID issues. We don't know. The Buckeyes are going to release their list of active players tomorrow morning or Saturday morning. So we'll have to, we'll have to wait to see that. Uh, But Mickey, let me throw it to you. Uh, If the Buckeyes win, they, you think they should be in the playoffs? Yeah, they should. I I mean, if they win a a game 13 to 10 and, and they, and they get lucky, uh, like USC has been doing all year with how they've been winning games. And then maybe we have a discussion topic, but you know, I talked about this the other day, if Clemson loses tomorrow to Notre Dame, I, I think Clemson's still in the playoff because I don't think there are teams in the five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 range that have a resume that's deserving to get in. Um, Ohio state, you guys argued about this last week in the podcast. You both 
made strong arguments this week in, in post to sportsbetsfun.com. Ohio State should win the game. If they win, they should get in. Northwestern's going to try to slow them down, limit possessions, grind away on the ground. They did it two years ago when these teams met in the same game. Midway through the third quarter, then Ohio State hit some plays and opened it up and won the game comfortably. I'm confident the same thing's going to happen tomorrow. Might be a slow start. I don't know if any who who is back from the Ohio State offensive line because they were missing uh, last time we saw them. They were missing three starters on the offensive line because of COVID protocol. Not sure if those guys are going to be back. Not sure who's going to be out. Rumors around wide receiver. What other players? Um, they might be shorthanded. They also proved when they were shorthanded last time that they they rolled over a Michigan State team that beat Northwestern. So for me, I don't know if they're going to hit the the line. I don't know if they're going to cover, but Depends on who's out, but they should win this game. It should still be a comfortable victory, even though it may be a little herky-jerky early. But they deserve to be in the playoffs. If if Ohio State can't win comfortably against Northwestern, they're in for a world of trouble once they do make the playoffs. Northwestern lost by nine points to Michigan State, and they've not beat anybody convincingly all year. Northwestern is an average, middle-of-the-road team. Ohio State needs to come out and lay the wood, boys. Well, Scotty, and, and I wanted to ask you this because I, I, I agree with that. If the Buckeyes come out and they, they putter through this game, they they got bigger problems. Uh, but let me ask you this. You've been skeptical of Ohio State the last number of, of weeks, not so much on the talent level, uh, but I think more so the, maybe a fairness factor, you know, and, and the conference has putted around and the Bucks are going to end up playing six games, uh, assuming they get the championship game in, while other teams are hitting nine, ten games. So, but let me ask you this. You got Texas A&M who's right behind them. You got Florida, Iowa State, you know, Cincinnati in there. What's the threshold for you, someone who's been a little skeptical of the Buckeyes? What, what would the Buckeyes need to do for you to sort of sit back and say, yeah, you know what? The committee should put them in the playoffs. Yeah, well, and guys, this has kind of been my stance all season long. I think Ohio State is a top team. I think they're a top four team. I truly do. But it comes to the comes to the point of earning their spot, right? And again, um, if Ohio State would have started the season ranked fifteenth or twentieth, which they didn't, um, then we'd be it could be a completely different conversation. Um, so, listen, do I think from a talent standpoint they're a top four team in the country? I do. Do I think they've earned it and 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 they battled? They're battle tested and they're ready to play in, in a playoff game? No, I don't. And so, um, if I'm on the committee, I'm putting Ohio State in, um, but. Again, like like I said, for anybody who said they've earned that spot, I think they're wrong. Well, uh, Scotty, we're going to jump into the SEC championship game here in a second, but I do want to kind of tug at the heartstrings a little bit here. So you have all these 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old kids, young adults, but essentially kids, putting their blood, sweat, and tears into the sport they love. And you have a bunch of grown adults screwing everything up, and I'm talking about the Kevin Warrens of the world. I, I get that we want to punish the Kevin Warrens and the presidents and the people who run these conferences, the ones that made poor decisions. But really, we're going to just be punishing those young adults that have been working their tails off. And, and that's where I think it gets if you were to hold them out because they've only played five games. Right. I mean, that's where it's sort of like the people we're really going to truly punish are the people that that didn't make these decisions. And that's where I, I kind of look at the, the the fairness factor a little bit in uh, 
it's unfortunate because I think there's a bunch of adults that kind of screwed this up and potentially screwed it up for for some of these you know college athletes. And uh, it's unfortunate, but I do think uh, I, I think you're right. I think the committee's going to end up putting the Buckeyes in. They have them at number four, so unless they really lay an egg, uh, they should be in. Uh, but let's shift gears here to the SEC. You got number one Alabama, number seven Florida. Florida's getting 17 points. The total points is at 74. What are you seeing in this, Scotty? We'll go to you. Man, Alabama, it's not going to be a competitive game, guys. Um, and I can't wait to share some more about my picks. One, from the previous game, we just talked about this one, too. I, I, I feel like, you know, probably towards the first to middle of the season, um, I felt like Clemson was the best team. As the season's rolled on, um, Alabama, in my opinion, is the best team in the country. And, you know, watching Florida get beat by LSU, a poor LSU team, and LSU just beat them. That wasn't like a fluke. I mean, LSU beat them that game. They outcompeted um, their talent level. I mean, like, they hung strong with them there. And so to, to see that, um, guys, I, Florida, I, would, I was going to be picking Alabama big time in this game before I saw the Florida-LSU game. Um, and now that just like that, that rest of any question I may have, Alabama is going to dominate that game, guys. Well, if, if the Gators pull the upset, Mickey, do you think they got a shot at the playoffs? Well, if we're going to talk hypotheticals, if the Gators were to pull the upset, they would have a shot at the playoffs because the committee would all of a sudden expand it to a 64 team single elimination tournament. Uh, if we're going to speak in hypotheticals with the Gators pulling an upset, then we may as well speak in hypotheticals with the scenario that will be unfolding. Uh, there. Uh, Scotty's right. Bama has just been rolling everybody. Florida is the best team they'll have faced all season, but I picture this game being one of those games where Alabama's up two to three scores. Florida comes back, scores a touchdown, and they just trade, but Alabama's always going to have that 10 to 17 point lead. We texted about this uh, during the week as we were prepping, and and when we saw that line, I think we all were in agreement that uh, Anything below 20 points, it makes sense to take Bama. And, and nothing's changed this week, especially after that LSU game. That would make me think that Florida, outside of Kyle Trask at quarterback and, and Kyle Pitts, has, has the horses and weapons all across the field on both sides of the ball to, to match up with this Crimson Tide. Well, you know, at the very beginning of the season, um, Mr. Money, you were buying or selling the Gators. I came back a couple of weeks later and said maybe I was wrong about them. But then I truly feel like, hey, they show their true colors against LSU. That's the Florida team I thought they were the entire season, right? They had some good wins. I, I think that they're exactly what the, what what I thought they were, and they're not that great football team. And you know what's disappointing about that loss to LSU is is what their coach Dan Mullen did afterwards. You know, he's he's over three now on the whole PR side of things. You know, he came out and he he you know, basically blame that they, they played too many games and said something like, well, we should have played less games or something like that. That's just, to me, that's just disappointing seeing like, look, you had a chance to go win the football game. You didn't do it. And the things that were in your control, you didn't, you didn't do. So yeah, I don't know about Florida. Um, I, I agree with you guys. I, I think Bama's going to roll them. The big 12 let's jump over there. That is probably one of the more intriguing matchups. Uh, it's, very unlikely that either of these teams would make it into the college football playoff if they were to win. But we're, we're talking about the classic blue blood, number 10, Oklahoma and an upstart number six, Iowa state. And 
the, the Cyclones are getting five and a half points despite being ranked higher. And the total number of points is, is at 58. Scotty, when I look at this, uh, I kind of see this as, is there the, is this Iowa State's sort of chance, you know, quote unquote, to arrive? And, you know, Oklahoma's just been, had a stranglehold on this conference for a long time. You know, Texas would creep up every now and then and challenge. Oklahoma State would sort of flirt with maybe being a contender. But this Iowa State team has looked really good. They've already beaten Oklahoma once this season. Could they dethrone the Sooners uh, tomorrow night? Um, you know, Maddie, like both of these teams have been playing really good down the stretch. Um, and, uh, but to me, I feel like Oklahoma more than Iowa State. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't see, I don't see Iowa State as you're saying. I, I don't see them arriving. Um, I don't see them beating Oklahoma in this game. And, uh, man, I don't see them arriving anytime in the, in the near future. Um, so, yeah, I th- I th- again, I, I love, you know, again, we'll be talking about Clemson Notre Dame, but these teams that have lost earlier in the season, um, they've got, I mean, you talk about some extra motivation coming into this game. They're not going to take these teams lightly, and anything for granted. Oklahoma's going to show up ready to play. Um, and it is an interesting scenario, right? Oklahoma, let's say they come out, they look incredible. They beat the number 16. Um, can they somehow jump into that fourth spot? And, and to be honest, guys, like I, I wouldn't be surprised, right? I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. If, uh, if the scenario I see, and we've been talking about it a, a lot, um, plays out, then they, they, could, they could leapfrog Texas A&M, and then, you know, Notre Dame's out, and Oklahoma takes that spot. Yeah, and I think if, you know, you have, you have Clemson-Notre Dame, someone's going to lose there, and it'll be very intriguing if, if Clemson loses their second game. But then also, the Ohio State, you know, we don't quite know if they're missing, you know, what if Justin Fields is out tomorrow? And Northwestern somehow pulls that upset. That would definitely blow this wide open uh, for a debate between probably Texas A&M and the winner of this game, realistically. Uh, Mickey, what are your thoughts? Yeah, that's something that, that we've been talking about ever since Iowa State got moved up to number seven in the rankings a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it seems to be the committee is positioning the Big 12 champ to potentially jump Texas A&M in the queue. And, 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 you know, I haven't looked at all the resumes side by side, but I, I can understand at a high level why, why that may be happening. But to this game, Oklahoma lost Iowa State early in the season in Ames. Spencer Rattler, I think, was his second or third game. Uh, he looked pretty shaky. They lost. Uh, they were driving late in the game to try to tie or take the lead, and he threw a pick. Um, since the Texas game, the Red River shootout, Oklahoma's been looking very crisp. Rattler's coming along that offense. Lincoln Riley can coach quarterbacks, and, and you're, seeing the, with, you're seeing it with the work he's done this year with Spencer Rattler. We were talking about this earlier, this line at five and a half. Uh, you know, Iowa State beat them earlier, and they play a, a, a stout, strong game. But I, I don't see Iowa State as number six team in the country, and the way Oklahoma's playing, that five and a half, I mean, that, that's, that's an intriguing one, the later points with the Sooners. Um, I think it's going to be very, very difficult for Iowa State to win this game. Uh, I don't know if the Sooners will jump to that fifth in the in the country if they win this one, unless it's a, a complete bloodbath. But uh, I like Oklahoma State to win the Big Twelve. Or sorry, I like Oklahoma to win the Big Twelve uh, in this game tomorrow. Yeah, and guys, I want to throw out a staggering stat for you. Okay, Oklahoma is seventy-five six and two against Iowa State. 
75 6 and 2. <laughs> that's insane. And so in Ohio, that sounds like, that sounds like your record big in basketball, Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so the odds, I mean, we we're playing the odds here, right? For them, they beat them once this year. For them to beat them a second time in the same year when they've only beat them six times in 100 years of playing football, it's not going to happen. You know, you know what's interesting? I saw I saw somewhere earlier tonight where like seventy percent or seventy two percent of the money is on Iowa State, though. Whoa! Or maybe well, it's the maybe it's the tickets. Maybe it's not the money, but it was it was like seventy two percent of the bets are coming in on Iowa State. It's pretty pretty wild on that one. Not Scotty B. Goods. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I believe that. So, well, you know what? That's definitely going to be an intriguing game, and and it should be a fun game to watch too. Uh, but the big one tomorrow, tomorrow night is going to be number two Notre Dame, number three Clemson. Uh, the ACC, you know, I think when this conference formed, they were envisioning Florida State and Miami in a game like this, year in and year out in the championship games. That never really came to fruition. They haven't really had a big time matchup in their championship game. Had to add Notre Dame to the conference this season, and now they got the number two and the number three team in the country. Big rematch. Trevor Lawrence is back. That's one of the big headlines. We all know. Uh, Notre Dame won the the first encounter. Kind of kind of came back, took it to overtime, then won in two overtimes. So a lot of people kind of feel maybe Clemson let that get away with their backup quarterback in the game playing that. Uh, let's go, Mickey. Do you want to take this one first? Let's see what you have to say on this. Yeah, uh, you know. It's an interesting one for Clemson. We a lot of a lot of discussions been around Trevor Lawrence coming back, but I think the big change for Clemson is going to be on defense. James Skalski, Mike Jones at linebacker are back in the lineup. Uh, Tyler Davis at defensive tackle. You may remember Notre Dame's offense hit a lot of big runs, especially a big touchdown run early, and they had passing plays to the tight ends in that first meeting that allowed them to move the ball. So those three guys on defense could be a big, big shot in the arm for Clemson. Uh, it'll be interesting. Notre Dame beat them earlier this year. It's tough to beat, tough to beat a team twice in one year, but at 10 and a half point underdogs, how, how big will that chip on their shoulder be? Scotty. So who you got in that game, Mickey? What are you thinking? I think I'm pretty sure. Well, early, you know, I mean, I mean, we, uh, well, we well, got, our picks, uh, we got, got our picks coming <laughs> up. We got yeah. our picks coming up, Scotty. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna save that for a little bit later in the show. We're gonna get to that, and that is, this is a game that uh, I know both you guys are picking on. But Scotty, let's hear your assessment of the of just the game in general. How do you think it's gonna How do you think it's gonna play out? Yeah, and I've been saying this for what now? Six weeks, guys, on each show. Um, for all our listeners out there, you, you know what I'm getting ready to say. Uh, Notre Dame doesn't have a shot in this game. Um, Clemson's going to come out. I'm telling you, Dabo is going to have that team ready to play ball. Trevor Lawrence is going to come out ready to roll. I'm telling you, man, I, I think that we're going to see a Clemson team like we've not even seen all season long, and they are going to shine. They're going to make Notre Dame look silly. That's what I think. I don't think Notre Dame's that good, to be honest. I know Mickey has been riding them high and saying they're solid on the offensive defensive line, and, and I'm just not buying it. I don't think they're that great. Well, they've been making me money this year, and uh, one stat that I found to be pretty interesting in that first game is they held Travis Etienne to something like 30 yards rushing or 20 yards rushing. They controlled both lines of scrimmage, and that, uh, that was something that intrigued me. You know, what I'm going to be interested in watching for is this being a rematch. You know, it's pretty rare that two teams play twice in the same season. The 
the biggest one that I can kind of think back in recent memory, and this is probably like 10 years ago, was Alabama LSU. When LSU beat Bama, uh, I believe nine to six in first or second week of November. And then those two teams played for the national championship and Alabama just throttled them 21 nothing. You know, how do teams, now that you've had a chance to go toe-to-toe, you had a chance to see them, you have film on that team against you, um, how do you game plan for them? And I think this is really going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how the, the, the coaches, you know, what do the offensive and defensive coordinators come up with and, and scheme based on sort of what happened in the first game. I'm, I'm going to be intrigued to watch that because that's sort of something that you, we don't get to see a whole lot, especially at, at this level where there's a, a big time rematch like this in the same season. So I think it's going to be a fun, fun one to watch. And it's going to have, it's going to, you know, whoever win is in, but it's definitely going to create whoever loses. If Clemson loses two, you know, a two loss team has never made the playoffs before. So that's going to create some controversy. But if you lose to the number two team twice, you know, that, that's, that's not a bad, uh, line on the resume but then at the same time if Notre Dame loses with one loss um I was looking the other day I think they're the teams their opponent win percentage is like 37 percent or something it's it's they haven't really played a strong schedule they would have the the win against Clemson earlier in the year but does a Texas A&M um or potentially the Big 12 champ or someone else you know have an opportunity to make some noise and, and potentially jump them it's going to create some controversy um or at least some debate, I should say. So it'll be interesting to see how that all all plays out. But um, yeah, Mickey, I'm, a, I'm on the record as saying this: uh, if Notre Dame were to win this game and Clemson were to have two losses, I think they will still get into the playoffs. You think Clemson gets in with two losses? I believe so. I, who's who's better, Texas A&M or Clemson? Well, no, I, I agree with that. I just it's, who's it's, better, Clemson or Iowa State? And I'm not saying it's a given. I'm just saying there's 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 not six teams battling for four spots here. Well, I think that what would be very interesting is they don't have you know teams that traditionally have had two losses. You know, it's to two different teams, right? It's to the number three team and the number ten team, or to a, a lowly ranked or unranked team and a highly ranked team. But this would be two losses to the number two team in the country. That's just that's just different. That's different than what we've seen before. So it'd definitely be interesting to see how the committee handles that scotty any any last thoughts on this game if clemson loses the games they're not in there you go <laughs> I, love yeah, it. I like it i like it so who else who else is is there all right well let's let's move on mickey Texas yeah, it's, A&M. <laughs> and the aggies the sec shocked that it's an sec team all right fellas Wait a minute! Is I want to jump. i want to jump in with one thing sorry sorry whenever scotty chimes as sec so this week, the conferences, you know, the Big Ten mashed a bunch of teams together. They had the conference championship game, then they basically chose who is playing. And the SEC is using this as an opportunity to make up some games. What the SEC should have done was put Texas A&M against Georgia because that could have given A&M, as Scotty likes to say, could have given A&M maybe a chance to earn their way in with a big top 10 win late in the season. At least something to – kind of piqued the interest of the college football committee because you know, all the talk's been about Ohio State. Well, Northwestern, a win over Northwestern is going to look much better than a win over. Who's A&M playing, Scotty? Tennessee is going to – could beat Northwestern. <laughs> <So> anyways, <laughs> I believe I had, that. I believe that. I had, if we're, if we're, talking, if we're, talking hypothetical, we're talking hypotheticals, are we still talking about Florida beating Bama? 
Well, let's uh, let's let's move on from this. And uh, yeah, it's it's time. Yeah, it's time to it's time to get into money making picks. You want to make some money? I like to make money. I know Maddie likes to make money. I know Scotty likes to make money because, as he says, a dollar one is twice as sweet as a dollar earned. Scotty, you've been on fire with your picks. NFL, college basketball, college football, it doesn't matter. It's the Green New Deal. The deal (laughs) being our listeners tail your picks and they're rewarded with green, as in winning cold, hard cash. Scotty, what do you got for us? You are speaking facts tonight, Mickey, bro. You are preaching right there. Now listen, guys, I jumped on these lines early in the week. And guess what? They have since moved, and the trend is in the right direction. You know what? I guess I just have that much influence in Vegas. And I got to say, my confidence today in all these picks is an all-time high. For my college football picks, I'm going to lay three units on every game I'm picking. And when I win all these games, hey, come on. When I win all these games this weekend, I might retire, boys. And uh, hey, get your pen and paper ready to write these down. Let's get it. First pick I'm going to share, and I've been calling this lock for a long time, baby. Clemson minus 10 over Notre Dame. This is a lock. Look for Clemson to win by three touchdowns. Dabo's going to have that team prepared, and Notre Dame's not going to know what hit them. And listen, that, my friends, is how Texas A&M is going to slide right in that playoff picture. Go ahead and book it. Second pick. Get ready. Write it down. Alabama plus 17. Lock. They're going to make the Gators look silly. They're the best team in college football, hands down. Next pick, Oklahoma minus 5.5 versus Iowa State. Listen, they've both been playing good down the stretch. The OU just has too much firepower. They're going to win big. All right, boys, you're going to love this pick. OSU, the Ohio State University, minus 18 and a half over Northwestern. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. Buckeyes are going to roll. Let's hit some NFL action, my friends. Hey, Bills, we've been talking about the Bills. I'm loving the Bills. Minus six over the Broncos. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, need I say more? Well, yeah, I actually do. They're both on my fantasy football team, and I'm playing for the championship this weekend. They're going to go off. Bet on the Bills minus six. Next NFL lock of the week, Chiefs. Minus three and a half over the Saints. Breeze or no breeze, it doesn't matter. Um, With that being said, I do want Tennessee alumni Alvin Kamara to go off in the game because he's also on my fantasy football team. Are you ready for this, boys? The Triple D Double Digit Dog of the Week. I'm going with the Golden Gophers, baby. Plus 12 and a half going up against the Badgers of Wisconsin. This is the second consecutive week I've picked the Gophers in my Triple D pick, and I 100 expect them to keep me flawless and move me to 5-0 and in the Double Digit Dogs covering the spread. Hey, before I get, I want to give a shout out to to DraftKings because I've got the Golden State Warriors, a $25 bet. They're plus 75 on opening night. Free money. Listen, stay tuned throughout the weekend, the following week on sportsbetfun.com and on Twitter at ScottyBGood. I'm sorry, at ScottyBets as I will continue to drop some of my college b-ball picks. As you guys know, I've been on fire. Let's go. Attaboy, Scotty. I love those picks, but you're missing one. What's the line on the fantasy football championship? Oh, man. 
I'm not, it's not looking great right now. I just, <laughs> I, I, the, the, the person I'm playing, man, they started the Raiders tight end. I don't even know the guy's name. And he scored like 70 points, dude. It's ridiculous. So, I, I, so that, Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs are gonna really going to have to turn it up. Boy. So that's where your limits exist. But folks, follow <laughs> Scotty on Twitter, at Scotty Bats. Follow the show on Twitter, at Sports Bets Fun. We got fresh, unique, original, authentic content that we're pushing out on sportsbetfun.com. Check that out. Our picks are going to be posted there tomorrow. College football, NFL football, college basketball. We're going to get NBA, NHL, you name it. Fellas, Oregon just made a huge pick under two minutes. They're up seven against USC. It's championship weekend. If you got Oregon and the points at three and a half, like some of us here in this discussion do, you're feeling pretty good right now. But it's time for more championship picks. I have two NFL plays, three college football games this week, including my steak dinner boom lock. Let's jump in. We're starting in the National Football League just outside the nation's capital. Matty Money's backyard. He wants to talk about the football team on this show. Well, you got it right here, Matty Money. The Washington football team is hosting Mr. Eliminator Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks are laying six and a half on the road. The football team has been hot over the last four weeks as they're rounding in the form. Expect their defense led by Chase Young to stymie Wilson and the Seahawks offense and keep this one close. I am taking the football team getting six and a half points at home. Next to the Big Easy, Scotty, this is a pick of yours I like. Speaking of easy, this game will be easy money. The Chiefs are rolling in only favored by three. Some lines have three and a half. Some lines have moved to two and a half, which is where I got it because I'm tailing Johnny Dogs here and going with Patrick Mahomes and company in what might be a Super Bowl preview, but the Chiefs are going to roll down in the Big Easy. Now we're to the college game. We're going to start in Las Vegas, the de facto home of my favorite Mountain West team, the San Jose State Spartans. They're hosting Boise State in the Mountain West Championship at Sam Boyd Stadium. The winner is headed to the Arizona Bowl. These are high stakes in Vegas. The Spartans are six and a half point dogs. If you've been following us this year, you know I love San Jose State. Boise is a tough task. They can score points. But this is a special San Jose State team. They're looking for their undefeated conference championship season. I am taking the points, San Jose State, six and a half. Beaver Stadium we go, the loveyless fighting Illini from Illinois limp into town, having just fired their coach to take on Penn State. Penn State favored by 15 and a half. Don't look now, but the Nittany Lions have been rolling with their last three games as wins, but more importantly, covering in those last three games. I'm calling them to make it four in a row in the W column for wins and against the spread, laying the points with the Nittany Lions in Happy Valley, baby. Nittany Lions, 15 and a half, let's go. Woo, gents, you know what it's time for? What time is it? It's time for my steak dinner boom, lock of the week, coming at you, medium rare cowboy cut ribeye seared to perfection. Why? because that's what I'll be eating tomorrow when Red Lock hits. We're headed down south to Charlotte, North Carolina. That's right, the ACC championship game, Clemson, Notre Dame, Purdue. Playoffs, that's right, playoffs are on the line to the winner here and maybe the loser. 
Trevor Lawrence is back. So are difference makers on the Clemson defense. Notre Dame already beat Clemson once, but Notre Dame being 10 and a half point dogs, the Irish control the line of scrimmage in the first matchup. But will Trevor's ATN find running room now that Trevor Lawrence is back under center? How is that chess match going to unfold? Will the linebackers returning for the Tigers keep that Notre Dame passing game and the tight ends in check? We'll see. But Scotty, I hate to do this to you, but Mickey's throwing out his double-digit dog right here. Notre Dame taking the points, baby. Irish eyes will be smiling on my wallet with this week's steak dinner boom lock. And as you guys know, there's only one way I like to eat steak, and that's the smile on my face and cold hard cash in my pocket from the steak dinner boom lock of the week. That's right, Notre Dame fighting Irish. Taking the points, baby. Wow, wow. I think this might be the first time we've got the steak dinner boom lock, Scotty's lock, going toe to toe here. So I tell you what, gentlemen, when we get together on the on the ski slopes, Later this winter, I think uh, one of you is going to need, need to be buying up and grilling the steak for the other one, depending on how this game turns out. Uh, so, look, I'm going to jump into my picks here. Got a monster card of college football this weekend. Um, and I've got, I'm going to give you five picks right now from the Money Bets model. And I've got a, another handful of picks I'm going to be dropping on Twitter tonight. Uh, that are, I'm picking against the spread here. So there'll be a boatload, and obviously keep an eye. Follow me at Money, at Maddie Money Bets on Twitter. You'll get picks uh, throughout the weekend on football and, and college basketball. So the first game I'm looking at is Tulsa versus Cincinnati for the AAC championship. 45 points is the total. We're taking the over here. I'm loving that 45 and a half number. Out in the Pac-12, Arizona State and Oregon State. We're going to take the over 55 and a half points. In that game that y'all were talking about in the ACC, take the over. We're talking Clemson, Notre Dame, 59 and a half. That has come down a little bit. I do think points are going to be scored even though this is the rematch. Uh, we do have some high, high explosive offenses going at it. Points are going to be put up. And... Uh, moving on to the Mountain West Conference, Boise State, San Jose State. Mickey likes San Jose State in that to cover. Take the over in it, 56 and a half points. And the only underplay I got this week right now is in the Pac-12, Washington State versus Utah. 57 and a half, we're going to take the under on that play. Uh, those are my over-under picks uh, from the Money Bets model. And as I, as I mentioned a minute ago, I'm going to be dropping... A handful of other picks against the spread on Twitter. Uh, so, again, follow me at Matt, Maddie Money Bets, and you'll get uh, my full college football card for the week. Gentlemen, a lot of picks, a lot of money. I think we're going to finish this kind of last championship weekend, last weekend of college football. We're a full slate of college football with, with pretty big bang here, so I'm excited for it. And for our listeners, I hope you're excited. We got several of you listening listening live to the live show. The podcast is going to drop a little bit later tonight. So Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, you'll be able to download that and listen to it first thing in the morning. Get your picks in before kickoff at noon. So there you have it. Uh, Scotty, I want to jump it over to you. we got some friends at the show. Has Charlie Cash sent any picks in that, that you can relay to our fans 
tonight. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I've been texting Charlie throughout the show. He's been kind of hitting me up, and giving us some feedback, and uh, he he sent me his Charlie C Cash Lock of the Week, and it's a double-digit dog pick, boys. I like his style. He's going Tulsa plus fourteen against Cincinnati. C Cash throwing out the triple D pick, right? Hey, make sure you guys also keep an eye on the website and on Twitter at SBF Charlie because he's releasing picks throughout the week as well. Listen, C Cash is no doubt one of the best parlay pickers in the country. We've seen it, right? Shoot, it's time to start calling this man Charlie Parlay, baby. I can tell you this. If C Cash is calling a luck and it's a triple D pick, I'm going to tell this all day long. Tulsa plus 14. I love that. And you know what? We might just have to get some of his picks, more of his picks on the show, uh, especially with these, these parlays or whatever. So, uh, Mickey, anything from uh, Johnny Dogs or Mad Max? Well, before we talk about that, it is a final in Los Angeles. Anyone that's got Oregon and the points, you're a big winner right now. They just closed it out 31 to 24. Johnny Dogs, we post, he posted today on the site. He's in. Puerto Rico on a little three-week vacation with his wife and kids, and he posted his NFL picks on the site, including a choose-your-own-adventure four-team teaser. That's out there. That's a great one, and, and I love it. I'm going to tail his NFL picks this week as well. Then Mad Max, he uh, posted power rankings on the website, also posted his basketball picks. Keep an eye out for him, at Mad Max SBF on Twitter. He's going to be posting his picks as well. I love it, and... For all you listening out there, we're, we're going to be looking forward to doing this all again next week. But until then, follow all the action uh, on Twitter at SportsBetsFun. Check out our website, SportsBetsFun.com. And for everybody out there, have fun watching the games this weekend. We hope you all make some money as well. For Mickey Sanrino, Scotty B. Good, our friends Charlie Cash, Johnny Dogs, and Mad Max, I'm Maddie Money. Thanks for tuning in to SportsBetsFun. Fun.